0: This is Big Tasty Sports. We are exactly one week away from real football and normally going to do a show on Mondays to look and get ahead on lines, but hey, it's week one and these lines have been out forever and also it's Labor Day, so we probably got stuff going on. So we're doing it a little bit early and I got JJ and Yanni back with me tonight to talk about the week one games. JJ. It looks like you're hanging on the back porch or something, man. Is it in nice the patio out?
1: enclosed? No mosquitoes, nothing to worry about. Electronic setup, and we're hardwired to the router. So let's do it.
0: My gosh, you're like uh balling out on on <laughs> streaming video here. So
1: absolutely. Yes, so the twelve-year-old neighbors left. over here. So I got a I got a peanut gallery.
0: I mean you got when you get an audience for the live viewing. I mean, that's something else. So pretty. Well, he impressive. already
1: corrected me. I said he was twelve. He said he's fifteen. So I'm sorry.
0: Oh, oh, he's fifteen. All right, all right. With some sweet comments on the videos too. So, uh Yanni, you uh, you ready for football to finally kick in gear here?
2: I am. I wish I had a peanut gallery. I've got that applause sign that you can light up. So when you give a good comment, they like cheer. But nobody here, just me.
0: Man, if you could show it on screen, I'll applaud for you. uh, If if you can show it. (laughs) so Well, hey, before we jump in tonight, I do just want to share a little bit of what's going to be coming up during the NFL season for Big Tasty Sports and then also a little bit about what uh, Yanni and JJ have going on with that crusher. So Still locking things in for sure, but it looks like likely going to be doing a show Monday nights, hopefully live, um, where it'll be looking ahead to the lines for the next week. Maybe a little bit of recap, but one of the things I really want to do this year is try to get ahead of some of the line movement uh, and get those better bets. So going to jump into that on Monday, then I'll have the futures report that will come out on Tuesday, so we'll keep doing that. If you are interested in, it's actually, maybe seems like a weird time to get in on futures, but last year at least, sometimes the futures lines were way softer than the week-to-week ones, even as things change during the season. And so if you want to get in on uh, getting some futures bets in as we go along, go to Big Tasty Sports and just click uh, futures at the top of the screen. Planted to do a DFS show then, uh, I got to talk to these guys about day a little bit and see if we can... Uh, get together on that but uh hopefully later in the week and then also planning to do a short uh live show on sunday morning before kickoff to just cover any uh late breaking news uh any last minute bets that kind of stuff so lots coming up all that to say subscribe to the channel if you haven't done it and you'll just get all that stuff and you don't have to remember all that shit uh that's what's coming up for me uh yanni and jj you guys have been uh pumping out the divisional previews over the last couple of weeks, if you have not seen those yet, go to betcrushers.com so you can see all of the great work uh, that Yanni's been putting out on that. Anything you want to say about kind of the what you'll have coming out on a regular basis during the season and the best way for people to make sure that they're staying up to date with all the stuff you're doing?
2: Yeah, as far as NFL goes, follow us at the Bet Betcrushers. Uh, generally, we have three NFL articles per week. We usually have a DFS article that comes out on Wednesday uh, and then usually plays and props. Two different articles on Thursday, Friday, sometimes Saturday, depending upon uh, how many props are out. So that's kind of what's uh, queued up. We try to stay pretty steady and consistent with that. So you know where to find it, betcrushers.com or follow us on Twitter at the Bet Crushers.
0: Yes, please do that. Um, I've enjoyed reading the previews, even though we did the preview videos. It's still nice to go back and like read through all the info that you have in that written form. And also, I love how you do the like trending up, trending down, or like staying the same for the different units. I feel like that is a really useful, uh, quick way to look at where these teams are at if people are trying to get a quick grasp on that. So, check out those articles that they already have up and make sure you follow along and follow them on Twitter. All right, um, now that we got through the commercials, we're going to move on to the football. We're going to talk in, in more depth about five of the marquee matchups for week one, and then at the end, we'll kind of call out if we have anything on some of the other games. I know I have stuff on a couple of them. Um, kind of talk through those, talk about bets we like. Um, the, the goal here would be hopefully you getting good information so you can form opinions whether the same they're the same as ours or different than ours. I suggest you make them the same as Yanni's. That's my primary... Uh, primary instruction for that so all right game number one we are gonna talk about the the kickoff opener the chiefs versus the lions this is thursday in kansas city right now uh well i did these lines like eight hours ago so as of eight hours ago minus 275 on the money line for kansas city plus 235 for the lions minus six and a half or plus six and a half you you could get a little bit of a reduction on the juice at minus 105 if you want the plus six and a half on the Lions and the over under I, I have both here I just tried to put the best lines uh, for over under so over 53 and a half you can get minus 112 under 54 minus 110 Yanni as we kick off the season uh, with a matchup between the Super Bowl champions and a, a team that many people think are on the upswing in the Lions uh, JJ's Lions how do you think this game shapes up?
2: Yeah, I was going to say, JJ might need to go first on his team here, but uh, <sighs> I, you know, I'll, I'll just jump in and start it off this way. I think this is a very intriguing game, and I think we're going to learn a little bit about both teams here. I think we're going to see how the Chiefs defense without Chris Jones looks. They're going to get tested by this Lions offense. I don't think there's any question about that. And conversely, I think we're going to learn about the Lions. They have a target on their back, which they have not had in a very long time. Uh, And, you know, obviously they're playing in a hostile environment in front of one of the biggest TV audiences that we'll see all season. So we're going to learn a lot about both teams. And, you know, as far as the breakdown goes, I think the really interesting part to watch is kind of what I mentioned with the Chiefs defense minus Chris Jones. When you look at that roster without Jones – And we know what he can do as a wrecker in the middle. We know he can stop the run. We know he can get after the quarterback. He's kind of that unicorn like Aaron Donald that can do a little bit of everything. Without him, where does the pass rush come from for this Kansas City team? We know Steve Spagnuolo likes to blitz. Uh, Usually he does more of that as the season goes on. Sometimes they start off a little bit slower. But when you look at that line's offensive line, it's good. I mean, it's a top five line. I think most people would agree with that. How are they going to get pressure on Jared Goff? And if Goff has time to sit back there, if they can establish a run, they could light up the scoreboard here, which is going to put a lot of pressure on that Kansas City offense. And I don't worry about the Kansas City offense, but at some point, Travis Kelsey's going to slow down. I'm not suggesting that's going to happen in this game, but at some point they're going to need somebody to step up. Whether that's Kadarius Tony, a guy like Sky Moore, they need somebody because I don't think they're going to be able to just routinely drop back and chuck the ball downfield. They need some help. Mahomes needs some help there. So. That's kind of my overall scheme there. I will say this. I think this is going to end up being a very close game, a one-score game. So that'll kind of tease or give away my uh, who I like in this game. I like the Lions getting those points. I think that's too many points, and I understand they're on the road. It's the Lions. I, I get all that. But six and a half points to me, I have this line closer to three and a half or four. So I think, you know, when you look at that, six and a half seems like a lot. The only other thing I'll say is, obviously, when you get the Chiefs at home with the potential to tease them down to what essentially becomes a pick at that point, that's an option, too. And there are some other teaser legs. Tasty, I know you put out actually a, an article with some different teaser legs for week one. So I think you can play this game two ways. And to me, it all depends on which side you like, in my opinion. If you like the Chiefs, I'm teasing it. If you like the Lions, I think you take the six and a half. So I, that that's kind of where I'm at with this game.
0: JJ, Yanni thinks there's hope for your Lions on opening day. How are you feeling about it?
1: <laughs> I'm hopeful. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously uh, cautiously optimistic on the season as a whole. You know, there's, there's certainly questions. And as a, you know, I wouldn't say lifelong Lions fan, like I'm a Bengals fan as much, but I've been a Lions fan for 20, 30 years and a lot of disappointment. So I'm super skeptical as a fan, but, you know, basically when it comes down to the numbers and using... Um, you know, Yanni's previews and, and picking his brain to kind of update my year over year ratings. You know, I, I don't disagree. I have it a little bit closer to six. so I'm like a little less inclined to take um, the points necessarily, but I'm, I'm actually on the under, I'm looking at the screen right now and there's 54 and a half, you know, I did through bookmaker, uh, but you got 54 and a half. Now it just seems really um, doesn't seem right. And if, I guess I'm willing to uh, start the season off with a loss, but that's where my money's at. I have this more in the fifty and a half to fifty two and a half range, so I'm willing to take that nice little hook there with the fifty four and under.
0: Well, I'm gonna I'll I'll talk about a few factors on this game, but it's crazy to me when we line up this closely. Because Yanni, you said you had it. I'll just say where where I'm at on this game up okay. front. You said you had it minus three and a half or four. I have minus four. And JJ, you said you were at 50 and a half to 52 and a half. I have it at 50. So okay. uh, I also <laughs> like uh like where we're at on these. Just a few things about this game. Um, and I'll say actually up front, one of the bets that I have, I only have a couple bets so far, but one of them is Detroit plus six and a half. I just agree that I think it's too many points. I think without Chris Jones, Yanni, you, you brought it up right up front, but he is the dominant force on that defense. And I think he makes life easier for a lot of other people. I think this defense is still decent without him. They're young. But like you said, I think the Lions will test them. The Lions have a good offensive line. And without Chris Jones on the defensive line, I think they could get pushed around a little bit up front. And so um, I think that bodes well for the Lions on offense. On the other side of the ball, I I do just wonder, I mean, Mahomes is a magician, man, watching that Netflix show again, and some of the plays he makes, it's just freaking ridiculous uh, what that man can do. And it almost doesn't matter who his skill position players are, but he has very little in the receiving game. I'm I'm not super high on MVS um, or on Sky Moore or really any of these guys. I, I think the place that I would look for them to get the majority of their offense in this game is number one, Travis Kelsey. I mean, yes, he could be getting older, and we talked about that on one of our shows. It'll happen someday, but I like him to have a big game here, actually. And then Isaiah Pacheco's the other one that I would look to, um, coming out of the backfield, maybe being able to run the ball a little bit even. Um, so I think that that's where Kansas City gets their offense. And and so I like this game to stay under the total. The, the, so I actually, um, the, the first teaser leg I had in that article was Kansas City, because I think it is a great place to tease them down. Even though I bet Detroit, I do think Kansas City wins this game. I mean, I put in that article that Kansas City, uh, since Mahomes came into the league, he and Reed are 6-0 and in opening day games, and they've won those by an average of 13.3 points. So he's never he's never lost with Reed on opening day. I don't see it happening here, though. I think this should be a competitive and good game. So um, I like that. Any, any other thoughts on this game? Uh, anything you're looking at in terms of even like player props? you'd consider or, or or other factors that you think play in here?
1: I'm sure Yanni has some thoughts on that. My, my only concern with the under, even though that's where my money's at, is not fully understanding the type of pace, especially the Detroit Lions are going to play with on offense. But still, nonetheless, you know, the numbers kind of get me there. But that's the thing, you know, Yanni alluded to was, you know, we're kind of got to see these teams in action given their configurations right now. Um, you know, so that's my only real unknown, I would say going into this game when it comes to the total.
2: Yeah, I, I would agree with that. We, we, with a lot of these week one games, it is a little bit of let's see, but I, you know, when I look at this chiefs team, they can move the ball, but they're not necessarily the most explosive offense. We don't necessarily see a lot of 70 yard touchdowns out of them. A lot more, you know, the last year or so, we saw a lot more of those sustained drives where they're picking up six or seven first downs and, you know, kind of marching down the field. So I think that does lend itself to the under. Um, I think the number is definitely playable under. I personally, I can't get there because I could see fireworks in this game. But I think you're right. If you're playing the total, I do think the under is the right side.
0: Yeah, and I haven't played the under either. I don't... (sighs) I sort of am feeling like I might lean away from totals in week one. It is sort of this unknown of how a new season. Sh- I mean, we've done a lot of work. I think we've tried to understand all the dynamics going on here, but still uh, I think, especially with these teams, not really playing in the preseason now too, you just wonder like, do they come into a real game situation and does that favor offense or defense as they kind of get into their groove? And so it feels a little hard to me to predict what that, that pace and what the, um, rhythm of like an offense will look like if anything it feels like it could it could um, favor the defense but then some of these teams have been playing together forever too or some of the players so
2: I, I think and I, I I wish I had had a little more time I feel ill prepared so I apologize Tacey but I'd like to go back uh, and see what the first halves have looked like for the season yeah. openers uh, and, and you know and just see if there's any kind of interesting trend there because it does seem when you think back to the last couple of you know years at least one of the two teams started out slowly uh you know last year one of the teams did the year before both teams started out a little slowly now they poured on some points in the second half so you know you almost wonder if you're looking at that under would a first half under potentially be something you would want to look at again I apologize I wish I'd had some time to do a little more research beforehand on that because I think that would be an interesting angle to explore
0: yeah, last year's is, is hard to – or, well, I guess it might not have been – I'm looking at the Chiefs' first game, not necessarily – I don't – was that the season opener? I don't remember. Oh, no, it,
2: it was the Bills last year and the Rams. It was and the, the Rams. Rams okay, yeah, yeah. Year.
0: So I was just pulling up the Chiefs. I'd have to go and look at the Bills. But, yeah, I think that's something to look into. I mean, honestly, we still have a week, and these are some of the things that uh, – like I've actually written down some factors to go and do some more research on that I haven't done yet. And I think that's – I was thinking more even in terms of week one in general – um, sort of how the have shake out and how, like, if there are certain teams that have performed better or whatever. But I, I agree that would be an interesting angle to look at. Um, no regrets. I will-
1: even even if I watch this under go up and smoke in the third quarter, it's just seasoning to get ready for the season.
0: <laughs> there you go.
2: I do you, you got to bet the uh, the opener, man. I'm sorry. I, I understand, you know, we want to be smart with what we're doing here, but it's like, you got it. It's kind of okay. like a Super Bowl. I mean, you got to bet a little something on it, right? You got to bet
0: something. That's right. Hey, I'm already on the Lions, so I got something going. Right. Uh, Got something going already. One thing, I, I would shop this around. Um, I, I went to look at Kel- Kelsey's anytime touchdown, and of course, it's minus 185 on DraftKings, so that's wow. quite a bit of juice. I mean, I like it a lot to be honest. I mean, I, I don't like sure. to bet bets with that many juice that that many that much juice. But Kelsey two touchdowns is plus three hundred. Um, I don't even necessarily huh. hate that. I I don't know. I'm gonna have to shop around and see if I can get anything better. But I, again, I I really do like Kelsey uh, in this game. So, well,
1: what's the matchup like? What's the matchup like? Because like Yanni said, you know their their offense, especially because of the way the defense has adapted to them last year they had to sustain those drives in the perfect guy for sustaining the drives is Travis Kelsey for those, you know, seven yard, 11 yard, whatever's, but he's also like still the guy that can get the ball when they're on the one yard line. So, but what's the, I guess, what's the key matchup there that, that could limit him from being as big of a threat on the (laughs) Lions defense.
2: Yeah, I I mean, it's a good question. And I mean, obviously, when we look back the last couple of years, you would say no one on the Lions defense, right? And and let's, let's be honest. I mean, Kelsey is about as unguardable as any, any, well, certainly any tight end, but really any receiver in the league. I mean, you got to figure, I would imagine that the Lions are going to be kind of playing that high, low coverage. You know, they've got CJ GJ in there on the back end now. Um, You know, they've got some young athletic linebackers. They drafted a guy like Jack Campbell. They still got Anceloni in there. So, but I, I don't know that you would really look at anybody. And, and this just doesn't just go for the Lions. I mean, this is any team. You look and you say, who can truly limit him? I mean, I don't know that any team or player has ever really, any scheme has consistently locked a guy like that down. So I don't know. I mean, I, I think to Tasty's point, if you feel like, hey, it's Mahomes guy, it's week one, you know, Lions, de- Lions defense overall is probably not great. I mean, yeah, it's it's very possible he's going to get in the end zone.
1: Well, if Anzalone is one of the guys covering him, then he, he's going to have a field day. So <laughs> there we go. Well, well yeah, that,
0: we'll see. That was my thought, honestly, looking at their linebackers, is because I, I don't know that Jack Campbell is like known for his coverage either, right. uh, even coming out of college. So you right. wonder, are they going to try to bring safeties it's down? Cool. Like you said, play that high-low. But, Yanni, to your point, too, it's not like the Chiefs haven't seen these coverages before sure. <laughs> and, like, Yanni. figured out ways to still work the ball to him. So, yeah, well, we'll see. But I think, Yanni, for me, it is is largely what you said of um, coming in with a bunch of either unproven or mediocre options. And Kel- Kelsey is the one that is not mediocre. So, <laughs> um All right, well, that is game number one. Let's move on to the next one here, which should be a fun one. The Bengals go to Cleveland to play the Browns. Uh, This is another one or not another. This is a one o'clock game on Sunday. The Bengals are minus 134, minus two and a half uh, on the spread, minus 110. And then the Browns you can get for plus 115, plus two and a half over under here, 47 and a half, 48 is about where that falls JJ, uh, looking at the Cincinnati Bengals, the Battle of Ohio here with the Browns, how do you see this one going down?
1: Well, well, first of all, and this is obviously just probably being conservative, but I think Zach Taylor today said he didn't commit to Burrow being the week one starter, but um, seemed to be on track. But I think we kind of have to assume if we're handicapping here um, that he is going to be the quarterback for week one. Um, Yeah, I think the question is, you know, if we go back to the AFC North preview, Yanni's preview there, especially, you know, we're talking about pretty s- significant, I think, or fair gains offensively for Cleveland. Um, But there's still the question of whether, you know, we're getting the quarterback of five years ago or the guy that was sketchy last year. Uh, but nonetheless, this is a plotting um, pick up yards, grind down the clock type of offense, right? We have no indication that that, Cleveland philosophy has changed with the running back and, uh, you know, offensive line type of perspective, but that's how, that's how they run it through whether Watson's, um, you know, back to his prime or not At the same time, you know, defense, what we had like a little bit of an up, upgrade for them. Um, so the way I'm looking at it is I'm looking at a total. Okay. But nonetheless, it comes down to these two teams familiar foes you hear all the you know the cliches um and everything but you know these two teams are very interesting in the fact that i think they're more conservative offensively than a lot you know we'll say give them credit you know we think about burrow and uh, chase and the explosiveness uh, but i think these are pretty methodical type of approaches and i'm i'm leaning towards the under i'm not totally there i think the line is fair if anything my numbers, and, and this is where I'm more concerned with where my um, prices are compared to the spread side of things than the totals, even though I do share your concern, Tasty and Yanni, that you know we're not really sure what we're going to see in terms of totals here in week one, fresh out of a, basically a two-week layoff in the offseason. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of on the side that if I had to choose a side on it, I would take the two-and-a-half points at home with Cleveland, Um, But nonetheless, that's really not my forte. Um, I'm more of more on the totals end of things here. And there still is a 48 or there is a 48 at Caesars, um, which would be eh, fairly better than 47 and a half.
0: Yanni, uh, what are your thoughts on this one?
2: I mean, I'm in agreement with JJ there. I think first of all, the, I I, I'm higher, much higher on Cincinnati going in than Cleveland. I think Cleveland, and and again, not to be cliche, very volatile, low floor, high ceiling. And I don't know exactly what we're going to get with Cleveland yet. I think they have to prove it. I mean, Watson, obviously, but I, I think we know what we're going to get with Cincinnati. That being said, I I think Cleveland is the right side in this game. I don't love the fact that it's two and a half. Obviously, if it were three, that would be a little more appealing. Um, Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I I don't necessarily love teasing Cleveland, even though eight and a half would be a nice number for them at home. Um, But here's what I would say I do love. And, you know, it'll be a little contradictory because I said, hey, we need to kind of wait and see not only on the Browns, but on totals. But I love the under in this game. I I think this, you know, what JJ said, I think this is going to be a grinded out game. We got Burrow coming back off of injury. We got Watson, who, again, we're not entirely sure what we're getting. We have what I think is an improved Cleveland defense. And, um, you know, this Bengals defense, I think, has been underrated in their last couple year runs. So you kind of add that up. And I think we see a lot of carries for Nick Chubb. I think Joe Mixon gets some work. And I just don't see these teams lighting the scoreboard up. You go back, the Bengals, since Burroughs gotten there, they've been a slow starting team. And there have been a variety of reasons for that. But is there any reason to think they're going to come out in week one and, and put up 40 points? Not to me. So when I look at this, this is the one total of the week that I really, really like. I like the under here. I think that this game ends up, you know, kind of in that low 20s, maybe even one team in the high teens type type performance where these teams really slug it out they know each other and you know you get that whatever 21 to 17 or maybe 23 to 20 type game um and and you know who wins I'm not sure I have a feeling the Browns actually pull an upset here but I don't love that to JJ's point I, I I don't love that though I much 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 like the total better I I mean I like you know like I said as far as totals go in week one this is my favorite play would be the under total in this game
0: yeah, I can see it. I mean, you go to the division game, too, where, the like you said, the teams know each other well, and so uh, they, know, they know how to approach the game with each other. This is one I've honestly had a hard time. I mean, I've gone back and forth, and I've just had a hard time settling. And the reason why is, like, when I work through a lot of numbers, it leads me to liking Cincinnati. Um, I like Cincinnati to win by, like, four to six. And so, um, when I just go through the numbers. But when we went through all these divisions and looked at these teams, and Yanni, I think we kind of talked about this on that, that preview video. When you just look at the roster, it looks good for Cleveland. And one of the things for me is if Burrow's coming back off injury, and let's say that he's limited at all, this defensive line with Zedarius Smith and Miles Garrett, I think is going to be able to really get after the passer. And even when I was looking at some of these other statistics this last week, when Burrow's under pressure, his turnover-worthy throw rate goes from 2.2 to 5.1. Now, every quarterback has it go up, and 5.1 isn't terrible, but I think if they can really get pressure on him and he's maybe down some mobility, I think that plays into what you say, that the, the Bengals maybe sputter a little bit more on offense than they would if Burrow was all the way healthy and they were kind of in a groove for the season. Also, I wonder about Cincinnati's ability to really be able to stop Nick Chubb. I mean, we talked about Travis Kelsey, but who really stops Nick Chubb either? I mean, this guy goes for five yards when he touches the ball, and I don't think the defensive line of the Bengals is so dominant that they're just going to be able to stop him, especially when we've talked about the Browns having one of the better offensive lines in the league. I think the thing that would make me like the Browns is like I see advantages for them in a lot of these different places, but I just can't get on board with Deshaun Watson until I see it again. Like even the reports coming out of camp are not good from what I hear, like that he's really inaccurate and just looking more like he did the end of last season than what people expect him to coming from the Texans. And so until I see it from Watson, I don't think I can bet on Cleveland, but then Again, because when I look across the board and wonder about them being able to stop Chubb and some of those other things, it makes it hard for me to really have confidence in betting Cincinnati. So I think this is a game I'm going to stay away from because I see advantages on both sides. I'm really curious to just sit back and see how Watson starts the season off, because I think that's going to be a big indicator of how far Cleveland can go. Not like one game makes or breaks, but it's our, our first real look at him. And so I'm interested to see that. I also have this game going under. Um, let me see what I had. I had it at 43. Uh, what did you say the total is now, JJ? Is it at forty six?
1: Yeah, I'm looking at it's mostly forty seven and a half, but yeah, forty seven and a half. At, okay. Yeah, there's there's a forty-eight at Caesars, so there's yeah. gotta be some somewhere else too, right?
0: Yeah, so I agree. I, I don't hate that either. I would definitely uh, you know, I've got it four and a half points or whatever under that. So I would be on the under as well.
1: And my last my last comment is you you caught me off guard by calling me first on this one. So. That's how I do it, JJ. I yeah, wanted to I, do that I, while uh,
0: you were in front of the peanut gallery.
1: I just, <laughs> I just stumbled all over myself, but I think you know Yanni just said it ten times better. So, thank you
0: jj you you always put yourself down you need to just like you, you do a <laughs> I, I great really job analyzing all to these things that. you gotta you know just be like guys i'm kicking ass uh you should listen to me that's <laughs> what you need to start saying jj
1: yeah you got it all right all right <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh all right uh yanni any other any other thoughts on the game or or players or any of that kind of stuff
2: no, and, and I, I don't know how closely you guys have looked. There's still a lot of player props that are not out yet. Um, You know, so it's it's limited in what you can even do at this point with that.
0: Yeah, I hadn't actually looked until today because uh, the last time I had looked, there was pretty much nothing out. So yeah. definitely something I got to spend more time on. But all right, well, let's move on to the next one then. Uh, we got the 49ers going to the Steelers. This is also a one o'clock game in Pittsburgh. <laughs> The Steelers are minus 138, minus two on the spread. The Steelers are plus 122, plus two and a half. Uh, over under is 40 and a half, 41. The 49ers are hoping that the weather is better than it was for their opening game against Chicago last year in that complete slop fest, uh, where they ended up losing, which I think it's supposed to be. It might even be hot the way things are trending right now, but uh, all right. This is uh oh, I also just have to point out, just this is for D, even though he can't join us tonight. I had to throw that picture of Hassan Reddick uh wrecking Brock Purdy's arm last <laughs> oh, year from the from the championship man. game. I know it's oh, rough. If you're a 49ers fan, I apologize. But hey, Brock Purdy's fine now, so we can all be okay. We can look okay. back on it and and not feel bad. Uh Yanni, when you uh look at the 49ers going out to the East Coast, how do you see this game shaking out?
2: I love the 49ers. Um, I think they, you know, I do think they're going to take the NFC West. I do think they're going to be a playoff team. Um, And I think they could compete to get to the Super Bowl in in the NFC, but I don't love them in this spot. I think this is a tough opening game for them. Um, I, you know, we're going to learn. It's funny. We talk, we've said it a few times, like, ah, we're going to see, how does this look after week one? But I think, Pittsburgh is maybe one of the teams we'll learn the most about in week one. They're at home. They looked great in the preseason. You know, people are high saying, oh, Kenny Pickett looks great. And, you know, this offense is going to be better. Well, they get a test week one. I mean, essentially, they're playing probably the best defense in the league, if not the best, one of the best defenses in the league. And how can they perform? Can they run the ball against that stout 49ers defense? Can Pickett? you know, can they, can the offensive line hold up to me? That's the real question here. Cause I do think this is the best offensive line Pittsburgh's had in at least the last three years, but are they good enough? Are they good enough to handle a team like San Francisco's pass rush and, and you know what they bring there. So I think we're going to learn a lot, but I'll I'll tell you this. I think Pittsburgh is going to surprise some people in week one. I think this is going to be an absolute battle and I understand the spreads only two and a half. So you're like, well, yeah, it's a battle. It's a close game. But I really think that this is going to be like the the slug them out game. We talked about the, the Bengals and Browns kind of grinding it out. I think we're going to see a lot of hitting in this game. I think this is going to be one of the most physical games of the weekend. But I like Pittsburgh in this spot. I think that Kenny Pickett, you know, I think they have enough on the outside that they can challenge the 49ers if that offensive line can even hold up remotely. On the flip side, I think Pittsburgh has made a big emphasis on toughening up that defense, particularly against the run. You go two years ago, Mike Tomlin was just absolutely beside himself that they couldn't stop the run. And I think they they made it a point to say, we're not letting that happen again. And when you look at how San Francisco wants to play this game, I think that that could play into Pittsburgh's hand if they can hold up against that run. So again, we're going to learn a lot. And you know that's probably the biggest reason I'm kind of taking the coward's way out here. I'm probably not going to play this game because um, I want to see, but my... What I've seen when I look at that roster of Pittsburgh, I think this is their game to win. And quite frankly, if, I'm, if I were betting this, I'm not taking two and a half. I'm not teasing to eight and a half, even though I think that's an option as well. Because again, I think it'll probably be a close game. But I'd actually take Pittsburgh on the money line if I were betting this game. I think that is your, you know, your biggest ROI potentially here. Because I think if Pittsburgh's got it, I think they're going to come away with a win. If they don't, then who knows? We could see San Francisco run away with this game. You know, they, they could, it could be one of those things where it's like, Hey, whatever, Christian McCaffrey and Nick Bosa are too much for Pittsburgh to handle. Maybe that gets to be the case. I just don't think so. I think Pittsburgh, I would not be remotely surprised. I actually expect them potentially to win this game.
0: JJ, you see a Steelers win in the future as well, or are you on the other
1: side? So here's my problem. I'm, I'm, I'm like Yanni. I'm not on any side, and and my my reasoning why is is totally different. You know, I've I've been conservative in marking up Pittsburgh this year. You know, I I do have them with improvement. I have them with improvement, modest improvement on both sides of the ball. Uh, but even so, uh, with some, we'll just say equal uh, downgrades to San Francisco year over year. You know, again, modest. I still have San Francisco. My, my numbers still make San Francisco pretty, pretty big. And that worries me when I'm that far off from where the market's at. Especially a market like this, it's just been kind of pounded into place for, for a couple months. Um, so, yeah, I just got to stand on the sidelines of this one. I'm not really sure. To, I'm not sure what to make of it.
0: Yeah, I think this is a tough one, too. This is one a while back. I was actually just looking. I thought I bet this game a while ago when it was I, it was at three or three and a half for Pittsburgh. Apparently, I didn't. So I did a great job uh, grabbing that early line. <laughs> but I just thought like San Francisco has traveled to the East Coast pretty well, but I it is a long trip. It's the first game of the year. Maybe not a huge deal, but I agree that. When we talked about the AFC North, we talked numerous times about how, man, if you take any of these teams and put them in a division in the NFC, they're going to compete to win the division. And I think that's true even of the NFC West. Like, I think these teams are on a somewhat similar tier. I really do think that Pittsburgh got a lot better. The offensive line, Yanni, one of the things we talked about that's really stuck with me is how Pittsburgh's defensive pressure rate just dropped off the the map last year. Like, it went to 17.4% and the 3 years before that were 26 35 and 30 so it was basically cut in half from where it had been and and i just think they're going to get that rectified at least to some extent you know and and they were still respectable even with a pretty terrible offensive line and a defense that wasn't getting pressure last year so i, I think pittsburgh is is a really strong team obviously the 49ers are too i think if this game was halfway through the season there's a good chance that I would like Pittsburgh even more because I think San Francisco might be a little bit thin at some positions, and most teams experience some injuries. And so I think if that were the case halfway through the season, there could be some advantages on the field. But, you know, starting starting unit versus starting unit, I think this is a pretty fair fight. And so similar to where you guys are at, I mean, I hate to say it, and, you know, we'll get to some things that I'm actually going to bet, but this is another one where I think I would just have to stay away and Yanni, to your point, this is something, and I'd be curious to get your guys' thoughts on this. When a game, when a game is like this, and you're like, man, I can't really take a side because I could just see it going either way. And honestly, when Vegas lines something at two and a half, they're basically saying it could go either way too, because they're saying it's a field goal game. Do you, I mean, when is it worth it to just take a shot on the money line of the team that's the underdog in a coin flip? What are your thoughts about that strategy, Yanni?
2: I I mean, I, you know, I mentioned if I were going to bet this game on the side, I would take that Pittsburgh money line because I I think you bring up a really good point. I mean, essentially it, it, to me, this almost is, and and I won't get in, we won't get into specific percentages, but essentially this is kind of a coin flip game. So, you know, you always ask, and and obviously the NFL still has that key number of three. If you're, if you're getting three, obviously it's a totally different ball game. You you know, you, you take the points, but when you're at that two and a half, sure. I mean, I think Pittsburgh's opener, they won by one point last year, if I'm not mistaken. So can can you win a game or lose a game by one? Of course. But I think with that key number of three, if you're at two and a half and you feel good about that side, I think you can absolutely take a shot on the money line. Or, I mean, obviously, as we know, we can sprinkle a little bit and, and you know, you can do a little two and a half, a little bit on the money line. But I mean, to me, it's like, if I'm going to go out on a limb on the Steelers in this game i'm I'm saying i think this team can win this game and i'm going on the money line looking for the bigger return
0: yeah i think that too i mean i, I would want to be careful like which games i bet but if i legitimately think like hey this is going to be close and i think either team can win i mean just play like thinking about uh betting strategy if you're getting plus money on something that you think is a 50 50 proposition that's value right um so I think it's at least worth consideration on a game where you think that's true. JJ, any thoughts for you on how you approach that kind of scenario?
1: I yeah, I like Moneyline, line, especially kind of in that no man's land. You know, so if you're if you're fig- like you're saying, if it's a three point game, um, I mean, there's math to it. You got to do the math, right? But as far as just a general philosophy, money line short ish dogs, especially at home uh, when we're week one, when we're not really sure. So, other than my numbers kind of frighten me off of that, um, I think this is, a for me, probably the most interesting game of the week. I mean, Detroit and Kansas City is probably the most anticipated. It's the first game, and plus, you know, it's my team with a great chance to just show their ass in the opening game of the season, but San Francisco-Pittsburgh is probably the most interesting to me, to see how these guys play each other, and to see if we're getting a little more of that Bill Cowher, Joey Porter type of Steelers defense than what crap they put out there last year. And I'm not even a Steelers fan.
0: All right. Well, it should be interesting. Uh, I agree, man. There's some good, definitely some good week one games here. And I think next up, we've got another good one which is the Miami Dolphins traveling the other way. They'll probably pass the 49ers in the air at some point. I don't know. It's North and South, but you get my point going to going to play the chargers. Uh, this is an afternoon game on Sunday. The dolphins it, it's similar though. We do not getting the two and a half. We're getting the three here. So the dolphins are plus three and plus plus one thirty six on the money line chargers minus three and minus minus one forty nine on the money line. The over under is 50 and a half or 51. Um, I'll share a few thoughts on this one uh, to kick it off. I, I, this is a game that is interesting, but I I really like the Chargers here, to be honest. And I, I know it's at that key number of three. At three and a half, maybe it's a different story. But I think the Chargers are a team that, um, I mean, we talk about it regularly. We've talked about it on the, the the divisional shows. This is a team that has all the talent of the world, yet somehow they end up falling short. But last year and many years, they've also been absolutely riddled by injuries. So you hardly ever get to see what this team would look like if they had their full complement of players on the field. And for the most part, they should have their full complement of players on the field. Um, And I think when that's the case, this is a team that can play with anyone in the league. I'm not saying like they should be favored to win the Super Bowl or something, but I I legit don't think there's any team that they would play where I'm like, oh, man, they are for sure losing that game. When I was looking back at some of the passing stats, and I know Justin Herbert, um, they had him passing short so much. It sounds like Kellen Moore wants to try to push the ball down the field more, which I think with someone like Mike Evans would be a fantastic idea. But man, they far and away had the most dropbacks. I would have to go back. Uh, let's see if I can find it here. I wanted to find that number. Yeah. Uh, 778 dropbacks last year it was the most in the league by a pretty wide margin I think by about 70 or 65 so this is a team and Justin Herbert was incredibly efficient um, Justin Herbert last year played through this rib injury that I've heard a couple people talk about it and they talk about how it's extremely painful I heard one doctor say I don't have any idea how he actually played in the couple weeks after that because it's just too painful of an injury so how much is that going to diminish somebody's performance playing quarterback if if they're just in pain on every play? I like the offensive weapons here. It's a strong offensive line. Obviously, the concern is um, from last year the defensive line and their ability to stop the run. But that's not where Miami is strong. I, I mean. I think Raheem Mostert could be someone worth considering in DFS this week, the way this game will go. But I don't think you have to be extremely worried about Raheem Mostert. You're, you're worried about Hill and Waddle and that passing game. But is another guy who's struggled when he's under pressure, and I think that the Chargers are going to be able to get some pressure on him here. So I think this is actually kind of a bad matchup for the Dolphins, and um, while I'd be more hesitant if it got to three and a half, and I haven't bet this yet, I wanted to kind of have this conversation but I really am on the side of the Chargers here. And if anything, I think I would be on the under just because I'm not sure that Miami is going to score enough to push this over such a high number, though I'm more agnostic when it comes to the total. Uh, JJ, when you look at this game, uh, agree, or do you see things a different way?
1: Man, I don't know. I, I The matchups part of things, um, I feel really fuzzy with this, exactly. I'm also... You know, I, I I've also heard those same things and obviously Kellen Moore um coming with, you know, a different philosophy to, uh you know, running the offense and that there is that expectation to push um, the ball down the field. That's the thing that maybe concerns me the most because I'm more on the Miami side, um, but I'm also on the underside as well I. And if I had to pick between the two, which I don't have to, I guess I could go both side and total. You can bet as um, much by the time as you the want. the week one comes around. Yeah, right. I I'm more inclined to the under there for the very fact that I'm really just in because what are we at now here on the total? We said 51. I'm gosh, I'm in the 46 yeah, to 47 and a half. And I just feel like I'm missing something be between being strong enough to feel like this is a situation where I would take the money line on Miami um, and being kind of opposite of where you're coming from concerns me too, because obviously the amount of time that you've taken in this off season to research these teams, you know, you should be fully aware of you know where these teams stand in week one, which is a little contrary to what we talked about at the beginning, which was I'm not really sure about, you know, kind of pace and aggressiveness and just having energy build up ready for week one with that affecting totals. Um, but in terms of kind of big picture view on how these teams have changed and improved, declined, wherever um, in the offseason, I trust both of your guys' perspective on that. So that does kind of concern me when it comes to the side take. But under, I, which, again, just like the KC Detroit, I could see this just getting blown up. Um, but at the same time, 51 just seems pretty high given where I'm at with the, um, with the ratings on these teams.
0: Well, Yanni, you can break the tie.
2: I, I'll agree and disagree with you guys here, but before I do that, I got to say the league's lucky that this is a week one game, because if it wasn't the attendance for this game would be like in the, in the four digits, like there would be nobody at this game if it weren't week one. So, um, but it, which is a shame. Cause I actually think, you know, this Ooh. could end up being the, the most exciting game of the week for all we know. Um, you know, obviously with a total like that and, and, you know, two teams, I, I would say this, I think, What you said, Tasty, about I I pretty much throw the Chargers season out the window last year, and I say this repeatedly. You hear me say it all the time. There's injuries and there's key injuries. Every team has injuries. Not every team always has a bunch of key injuries. And last year, that Chargers team had key injuries all over the board. So I pretty much throw that out. I think they, like you said, they enter this season healthy, and I think that when they're healthy, this team can beat anybody in the league, just like you said. I think at the end of the day, the matchup is also in favor of the Chargers because they can take away, I think, what Miami wants to do in this game. And I think that if Miami cannot hit those deep balls to Tyree Kill and, and Jalen Waddell, I think they could struggle a little bit on offense. I don't think they're going to struggle a lot, but I do think that... When you look at the two, I have more confidence in the Chargers consistently moving the ball against that Miami secondary than I do the other way around. So I, I'm with you. I would, I would lay the points here with the Chargers personally. Um, obviously, this is one of those where if this were two and a half, I think it would be, you know, for me, I'd be all over it three, you right. know, a little, don't love it quite as much. But I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little bit on the opposite side of you guys, though, on the total. I think that the Chargers are going to score a lot of points in this game, and you're right. I mean, is Miami going to be able to keep up? I mean, I guess it could be whatever, thirty to ten, and, and maybe it doesn't get there. I, I'm sure that's possible, but I think this is going to be a shootout. I think that this game is going to end up in the 30s. Um, you know, when I when I look at it here, so I think to me this is a. And normally when when you hit that 50 mark, you pretty much have to assure that it's going to be a shootout of some, of some sort. I mean, to, to get over a total like that, but I think this is, I just, I don't think that the, that I don't think the dolphins defense is good enough to slow the chargers down. And I don't think the dolphins offense, as long as two is in the game, they're going to at least move the ball a little bit and score a little bit. So I like the over in this game. And you know, I, I, I would say I like it a fair amount
0: great i mean I, so i had it i have it under by a point so okay. you know I, I don't love the under a lot but i was right around the total just slightly under so but yeah right so, i mean these definitely are two very explosive teams
1: so if maybe to think about isolating a little more even though Yanni, you just said you're kind of expecting a shootout which implies both teams are going to put up points um you know as a chargers team total you know i don't i'm, I'm I should have looked to see if those were up yet, but is the Chargers team total it's to look right reasonable? Now. Like what? 24 and a half, 23 and a half? Well, if we're talking 51 and they're a three point favorite, yeah, they're going to be pretty close 20, to 27. Then, 26
0: right? and a half, and it's minus 125 yeah. on DraftKings at least.
1: Yeah, so. I, I think but what I was
2: just gonna say is anything below I think 27 you could consider on the Chargers here. And you know, if if you're in the camp of what Tasty said, which is hey, I don't know if Miami's gonna hold up their end of the bargain there. I mean, to me, 27 points for this healthy Chargers offense, you know, in, in a comfortable environment against a defense that should be improved, but I think that improvement we may see with the Dolphins, it may take a little while to get there, right? New scheme. Um, obviously we all know about the Jalen Ramsey injury. I mean, you know, that secondary is a little thinner than they anticipated going in. Um, I know they brought Eli Apple and they got some pieces, so it's not completely awful, but I do think to JJ's point there, you know, if you're under 27, if you're at that 26 and a half mark, I think you could absolutely consider that chargers team total. If you don't like the over as a whole.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think first half is over 13 and a half as well, which I also don't hate. So yeah, I I think that's an interesting way to consider going at the total because hey if you get a shootout and the chargers even lose you know but it's a plate in the 30s you're still fine um if you it wonder
2: too you wonder too how much of the psyche of the coaches comes into this because you have two aggressive coaches guys that like to go for it on fourth down mm-hmm. you know guys that will roll the dice and they both know that that the other team's probably going to be able to score to some extent So you wonder, too, how much that impacts whatever, play calling, decision making on fourth downs, you know, not kicking field goals, all those kind of things. You have two of, I used the word earlier, you have two volatile coaches with here that, you know, we don't know for sure. But I think to me, it favors the over because I think there is a little bit of, and this isn't a fair word, but a little bit of recklessness with what they do.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting angle on it. Um yeah, a lot, of, a lot of ways to potentially play this game. One other thing that I'll just throw out, and I, there's no numbers up, but I think when a total is this high and you think it's going to be a shootout, it's at least worth looking into what some of those player props are, receiving for Mike Williams, maybe even receiving for Keenan Allen if he's healthy to start the season off. You know, He's been a good receiver. Um, I'm not sure how he's going to hold up this year. We'll see. We talked about Raheem Mostert even, potentially.
2: I would say this, and I won't. Uh, I won't ruin any DFS shows that you have or, or anything. But I think Mike Williams is, is, to me, for what his DFS price tag is this week, he's a must start in my opinion. I think. Mm. I think he's at like fifty seven hundred, maybe. Um, and and I mean, I could see him being, you know, ending week one as as one of the top two or three receivers for the week.
0: I agree, man. I, I think this is the year where he and Ke- Keenan Allen switch places. Yeah. So if he stays healthy I think he should have a monster year as well yeah all right any final thoughts on this one before we move on to the main event in Yanni's house all right last featured game of the week we go to the bills and the Jets on Monday night what an awesome way uh to kick off Monday Night football this should be a really fun game we've got the bills coming in as two-point favorites minus 130 on the money line and I've you can actually get 2.5 at minus 111 for the Jets. I mean, 2, 2.5, it matters, but how much does it matter? Plus 118 on the money line. And the over-under in this one is 46, 46 and a half. Yanni, as the Bills come into a new season, obviously still having those Super Bowl aspirations, going up against a team that certainly has had all the press with Aaron Rodgers coming to town, how do you see the Bills faring against the Jets in Week 1?
2: You know, I'm not sure. I think that, I mean, I guess I'll start off by saying I won't be wagering this game. And obviously part of that is, um, you know, when it's your own team, you want to kind of throw out the biases. So I'm often cautious, usually, as you guys know, if I feel strongly about the Bills or strongly against, I'll tell you. Um, But in this case, it's more of an uncertainty with the Jets than anything. I think we kind of know what the Bills are going to do in this game. Um, I think when you kind of look at the X's and O's, you're going to see some similarities. I think both teams' offensive lines are going to struggle a little bit with the other team's defensive lines. Um, So, I mean, we're going to see quarterbacks under pressure. How they respond to that is probably going to, you know, be what determines this game. Who's going to make plays? Is anyone going to make mistakes? If you go back historically, you would say Josh Allen's going to make the mistakes. Aaron Rodgers isn't. But, you know, I don't know if that's the case in the year 2023. I mean, Rodgers, and and I'll say this too, and, and you could say that this has no bearing on it and maybe it doesn't, Rogers has struggled against the bills in his career. And and not only that, he struggled against some bad bills teams when he played them last year, the bills, you know, beat him up pretty good in green Bay. So take that for whatever it's worth. I mean, I would lean towards the bills in this game um, because I think it is a little bit of, are the jets ready? Are they, you know, gelled together? Do they have, do they have it there? And I, I don't know if they're the team. First of all, I don't know if the Jets are going to get there at all this year, but if they do, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a later in the season. Now it could be too late. I think we talked about their first four games are tough. This is obviously not a team they don't nobody wants to start one and three, oh and four, you know, whatever. That's hard to climb back from. But to me, it's still a little bit of right now, big brother, little brother. And you know, we we talk sometimes about the Steelers and the Browns, or you know, the Ravens and the Browns, you know, that kind of big brother, little brother thing. And it's like little brother needs to prove. And obviously, Aaron Rodgers gives them that moxie to want to go out and prove it. And the Jets have a very good roster. I mean, they're you know they got they got several All Pros on that team. They have rising stars like Garrett Wilson. I mean, there's a lot to like about that that Jets team. But I want to see how that offensive line holds up because when we talk about Aaron Rodgers, he had some good offensive lines in Green Bay most of his career. He had a couple years when his offensive line was not particularly good, and they were his lesser seasons. So you know, how much of that are we going to see in New York if that offensive line struggles? So with that being said, it's a pass for me. I think this Jets team as a whole is a little bit of pass for me until we kind of see how they look. I think we'll know after two, three weeks, if this Jets team is a contender or a pretender, but to me, it's hard to handicap this team. There's just too much uncertainty for me.
0: Fair enough. And uh, I can feel with you about being careful about keeping the emotions out when it comes to your own team. So, JJ, how about for you, with less emotions involved, do you like the Bills this week?
1: I'm emotionless when it comes to the Monday night game other than just being thrilled that we got Monday night football back. So, uh, But that being said, I'm, I'm kind of very confused, if you will, as to how the Jets are going to implement the offense, how the offensive line is going to hold up, maybe even – to a degree or a lesser degree, whether, you know, even though Yanni just said that he expects both quarterbacks to be under eh, more or less constant pressure, um, is the Bills defense in, in position to really take advantage of that? I mean, they will, they will take advantage of it, whether it's fully. So I'm going to stay away right now, but. By the time we get through sunday i think i might have a little firmer perspective if i'm going to get there it's probably with the bills which uh, you know prime time road uh chalk less than three though um is still acceptable to me um, but at the same time i mean where do you guys have the jets you know just macro like as far as you know kind of an overall rating not just looking at the kind of the the sub ratings but the overall rating for the team i have them just maybe a tick um, less than a points better, less than a point better than an average NFL team. I mean, where are you guys at? Well,
2: I, you know, on my end, I, I'd say this: there were three or four teams that I thought are really hard to kind of do that preseason ranking on and really mold. And the Jets were one of those. Um, I just you look at some things and there's a lot to really like about this team, especially when you look back at what they did a year ago. And then obviously what they added this off season, but there's something in, in my gut. That's just saying this isn't it. So, you know, that's why I'm like, obviously I'm wrong. And I'm right in one sense with those. And I don't know yet, which of those they are. So, I mean, I had them at basically that, that 10 win mark on the season to kind of put it in perspective. So, you know, better than average, obviously, but I also, you know, they were also one of those three or four teams that if they went seven and 10, I wouldn't be shocked. If they went 12 and five, I wouldn't necessarily be shocked. I think they have a big window, which is why it was hard for me to handicap them.
1: Well, emotion aside, and I didn't let tasty, on his own show answer to the question that I gave to you guys, but the
0: you're, you're doing a great job hosting. Are the,
1: yeah. Are the jets <laughs> teasable? I mean, you either don't totally don't trust them at two and a half or or eight and a half, eight and a
2: half, Right. The, the, to me, the numbers correct to tease, but I'm absolutely not in this game, you know, and I think back last I, in the opener. And again, not that this means anything, but the bills open with the Rams and the Rams were generally plus two and a half ish in that game. And, you know, I, I did not want to tease them in that game, even though I thought it would be closer than it was. And, you know, the Bills came out in that game and they put it on them. Um, and I'm not saying that they're going to do that to the Jets, but I think that in a matchup like this, even though it is a primetime division matchup that probably should be a field goal game, so you'd say, yeah, give me the eight and a half. I don't, I, I, there's something here with me at least that says, even though the number's correct, I would rather pass than play the number here.
0: Yeah. Uh, Jay, I'll answer the question this way. Yanni, you said, I don't necessarily seeing them come out and put it on them. I'm going to give a couple caveats, but I actually think they come out and put it on them. Um, I, th- I haven't bet it yet, but I think this might be one of my favorite spots of the week. Um, I think that the bills are being undervalued in the market right now. I think that this is a team that like you talked about their injuries at key positions and they had that last year. This is a defense that is much more healthy now, finally, especially in the secondary, which is going to be really important in every game, but certainly in this game when you're going against Aaron Rodgers. Um, I think that the Bills' offense is one of the top offenses in the league. Now, one of my caveats here is something you've already named, which is their offensive line. And that does concern me against a defense like the Jets because the Jets are going to be able to get after them. But here's what I would say. like If there's going to be an advantage, and you have both of these offensive lines allowing a lot of pressure. Do I want Aaron Rodgers, who at you know, 40 years old or or nearly whatever, is going to be more of a statue back there? Do I want Josh Allen who can get out of the pocket and either make a play or run for 20 yards? Well, obviously, I'll take Josh Allen. I think that they have a significant advantage because of that mobility. And I think that even though I mean, I like Garrett Wilson and I think the Jets offense is okay. I mean, I think the Bills have them outclassed when it comes to the skill positions as well. Especially you mix in somebody with, like Dalton Kincaid, and we'll see how much they use him. But I think this is another weapon that the Jets just aren't going to be able to handle all of them. Um, so I, I feel like this is one of those, like, y'all must have forgot moments uh, on the Bills where, yes, they've laid an egg at times um, compared to expectations the last few years. But let's just remember that this has been one of the most dominant teams in the league and often on both sides of the ball. And I think that what you said about the Jets, I agree with a lot of it, that if they're going to be good, I think it's going to take a little while. Um, I don't think that this is all going to just come together out of the gate. And I think if anything, that defense might have overperformed a bit. Sometimes when the world is on your shoulders because you have Zach Wilson playing quarterback and you know you're only going to get 10 points a game, You step up and you do what you have to do to keep your team in games. And other teams aren't going to take many chances because they know they only have to score 20 and they've got the game in the bag. With that not being as much the case, I wouldn't be surprised. This just defense will be good. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I I think one of whatever top five, top seven defenses in the league. But I think that they could take a step back compared to some of their numbers from last year. And the Bills are the t- kind of team who can take advantage of that, especially coming in all the way healthy. So, I actually like, I probably won't do this because I'm trying to be more disciplined this year about the type of bets I make. But I, I would think about looking at a minus six or a minus six and a half here on the Bills. Like, I think they beat them by close to double digits. Um, so, at minus two and a half, I, I definitely like it. And um, unless someone talks me out of it, I'm probably talking myself into a bet. Over-under, I have this game uh, in the 46-48 to range, so I'm not really interested in the total here. I I think the Jets struggle on offense, and I think the Bills uh, struggle much less. Well,
2: I I, I hope you're right. I I very much hope (laughs) you're right. So even though I may not have physical dollars on this game, I will be cheering for you. Put it that way.
0: I'll put some physical dollars on. You can spiritually be connected to them or something. Hey, it's (laughs) a plan, man. I like it. Um, well, Hey, one other thing I want to throw out just, and and then we'll move on to any thoughts on any of the other games here. But, um, I do also in this game, like Gabe Davis, um, I think that you have sauce Gardner to try to take away Stefan Diggs. depending on how they structure the defense. Obviously you never know for sure how they're going to play things or if they put sauce somewhere else and double team or whatever. Um, And I would like Dalton Kincaid, except Yanni, what you've said sticks with me, of that the Bills don't necessarily uh, give their rookies full run, especially at the beginning of the season. I think this is the kind of game matchup where he could be great if if he you know, gets the snaps.
2: I, I will say, Kincaid got more run in the preseason with the ones than than we've seen any rookie for the Bills in, in you know in the McDermott era there. So he may be the exception. I mean, he looks as though he's going to be a a starter per se, which that was my concern with him. You know, overall, but I I don't have. Based on what he's practiced in the preseason, I don't have that concern. I think he is going to get the playing time, which, I mean, to your point, if he does, and, and again, I, I understand you're trying things in preseason, but, I mean, they have a lot of design plays for this guy already. So, I mean, I think to your point, I would imagine when props come out, you're going to see something like a two-and-a-half reception, maybe three-and-a-half, depending. I mean, it, I would not be shocked if he gets seven or eight targets in this game.
0: Man, I like it. I think that that's worth certainly worth considering at least. JJ, any other thoughts for you on this one?
1: No, I. But I'm gonna bet the Bills. <laughs> <laughs> you convinced oh, me. Cry. Yes.
0: Oh crap! I I always hate when yeah. I convince I someone. But, about know, we'll yeah, see. Don't worry. So just
1: have yeah, to I, I like it.
0: I think it's a good spot. So, all right. Well, I'm gonna pull up here. Um, just have a a slide that has. All the rest of the games, uh, if you guys can see that or you probably have it on your own screen too. Just we're not we're not gonna go through all of these games, but if there are any there that you have uh you know any strong feelings about, whether it's the sides or the totals, let's just uh pick off a few and maybe run through them kind of quick. Um, Yanni, any any that you would look to on from that list? Well,
2: I think, and again, you already kind of pointed this out, but I think there's some really nice teaser options out here. And I'm putting a lot of eggs this week in the Washington commander basket, but I think they're, you know, to (laughs) me, an automatic tease. I mean, I think at home, I I, I just don't see the Cardinals winning. I mean, it looks like Josh Dobbs is going to be playing quarterback who just got there. I mean,
0: five days in.
2: Yeah, I mean, maybe if McCoy were there, and I'm not suggesting McCoy is any kind of miracle worker, but at least he knew the team, knew the offense, veteran guy. I mean, what is Dobbs going to give this team unless he can run for his life? I mean, I don't know. So I think the Commanders are, are a very teasable team. Um, I actually, you know, the one game, um, and I don't – oh, yeah, there is. it is um, – <laughs> I actually think the Ravens are going to put a pasting on the Texans. And it's not necessarily a reflection of the season. I think that the Texans are going to be okay going through the season. I don't think they're horrible. But I think in this particular game, this isn't a great matchup for them, in my opinion. So I I think Baltimore, I mean, that's a huge number. But, you know, it's a huge number for a reason. And it's still under 10. I think Baltimore, this is the one, to me, this is the game I look at that this week, and obviously the spread might indicate that. But I look at this and say, is this the 31 to 10 game? And to me, that, that Baltimore game is it. So, you know, I'm kind of looking at that. Um, and then, you know, the only other one that I really look at that I, I, I have a strong feeling about is I like the over in the Titans and Saints game. And I understand that the Titans are kind of, They're based a little bit on defense. You know, the Saints have had a pretty good defense the last four or five seasons. But, I, you know, I mentioned it. I think the Saints have a lot of good DFS players this week. I think the Titans are going to be able to score a little bit to keep that game close, but I think the Saints are going to put up points. I mean, I think that over-under should be closer to the mid to high 40s. So, I mean, if you're getting that at that 41 range, you don't need a whole lot. I mean, we talk about those low totals. You can stumble into those. And I think that these offenses, they're starting the season healthy. I think they're going to, I mean, to me, that number is just too low. So I like the over in that Titans and Saints game.
0: Uh, JJ thoughts on those or any other ones you'd pick off from this list
1: um, you know that the Tennessee New Orleans I thought was fair but you know that's just that's just me I but that makes sense I'm not really sure what to make of you know Philly New England a game like that it just seems really obvious that Philly at minus four um, but even with just Being unbiased numbers here, not a huge premium to be laying the four, even though I think – I don't know. they Are doing the same first half type of thing? Um, But with the new offensive coordinator, it's kind of a wait-and-see type of approach. Uh, But where – you know, where I'm really kind of interested is, like, why am I so drawn to Las Vegas getting four? Why am I so drawn to – Seattle, even laying something like now it's five. So that kind of concerns me a little bit. I'm not sure why I'm really drawn there numbers wise. So I'm not sure whether I get with those or I just kind of take a wait and see approach on how some of these teams are, how bad somebody like the Rams are going to be and whether there's just a little too much baked into the price for Seattle um, this early in the season. Geno Smith, do we believe in this the year two of the comeback? Um, But in terms of numbers, I'm just—I feel really strong on Seattle. Um, But I also feel like taking a crack with Vegas, even though, as everybody who bets or even likes the NFL knows, that kind of early season Denver, um, you know, altitude adjustment is very favorable to them. So I'm not really sure how much credence to give to that. But four just seems good enough. Uh, But I'm not sure from there. The other thing that I'm—I. Still a little confused, even though with the quarterback transition with Green Bay, them still with the opportunity to get points. I guess the expectation with Chicago um, being significantly improved or just kind of the basic thesis that fields with another year under his belt and maybe some more maturity and you know sticking with the passing game is going to make their, their team a little more well-rounded and help their defense out. Uh, but I'm drawn to Green Bay too. So I'm just – I feel more confused confused than anything um with what to make of where my numbers come to and whether i'm just really off on them um so I'm just curious kind of what your thoughts on some of those oddball games the green bay T- chicago the vegas yeah. uh denver ones
2: tasty before you jump in um i i will say the packers were definitely another team that i have my eye on here um on the money line i mean what is it plus one plus one and a half, plus one and four, um, yeah
0: yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I think close you know a half,
2: right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think you know, money line obviously you can get some plus money, it looks like, or at least close to even money. Um, I, I think again, I need to see it from the Bears, and of course, we need to see it from Jordan Love, too. This is a different Packers team, but it is a Packers team that they own the Bears, and yes, Aaron Rodgers was a huge part of that. But I, I mean, how are the Bears overvalued going into the season? I mean, we hear all oh, this Bears team is going to be so much better, and Justin Fields should be an MVP candidate. I, Maybe. I mean, we'll see. But I got to tell you, as I'm looking at that game, and I have not done anything with it yet, but I think the Packers are clearly the side in that game, if I'm betting it.
0: Yeah, Yanni, I totally agree with you. That's one that I've looked at, too. I I've, I think I'm going to stay away from it unless something changes my mind from here because of all the uncertainty that you talked about. But if I was going to bet it, it would definitely be the Packers' side. Yeah. Um, so. A couple thoughts on other ones that you guys have said, just for me, and then I have a couple that I like. So, um, man, I, they're. It's crazy, like, everything that I would look at and certainly how low I've been on the Rams going into the season, you would think Seahawks, you know, minus four and a half, no problem. I feel nervous about that one. And I know, like, that that went up to the five or five and a half because I saw Cooper Cup re-aggravated an injury, which certainly is even more problematic. problem. The Rams are not even getting to the season before the injuries happen. But that was part of my thoughts on the Rams, is they're going to get a couple key injuries and they're going to be done by the halfway point if they came into this season healthy, I feel like they can hang in. And also looking back at the numbers, Gino got a little bit lucky, uh, to not turn the ball over more last year. And, and that it, not like the Rams secondary is anything to write home about by any means, but those are just things that make me a little bit cautious going into the, this first game. Like, yes, I think the Seahawks should cover it, but I'm not confident enough to bet it. Um, if this was mid season, maybe I would be. And then, Yanni, like, I I definitely get where you're coming from, and I think, like, the Titans secondary certainly is a problem, and the Saints are going to want to throw the ball, but I I actually have this game a a few points under, and the Titans are one of the bets I I really am interested in this week. I put them in that teaser article, and, and they're like an anchor of teasers for me this week. I think that that's a close game. I think the Titans have continuity. I think Man, and, and honestly, I started so low on the Titans when we started into the future stuff. And I still don't think they're going to be great by any stretch of the imagination. But I think that they are. They have a lot of veteran presence. I think Ryan Tannehill didn't play a lot last year, and that really affected the offense. I think Vrabel is a good coach and puts together a game plan to keep them in games. And the New Orleans offense with Carr there, again, how well do they mesh out of the gate here? Um, so I, I think this is a close game. Again, I would say like, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see the saints win it. And that's why I like teasing it, um, more than I like playing it straight. Um, but that's, that's one that I like there. Um, and then a couple others, um, I like the Jags. I mean, so I understand there are concerns about the Jags offensive line for sure, and and maybe some concerns on the defense. But one of the things the Jags did well last year, or pretty well, was get pressure on the quarterback to over a 25 percent pressure rate. We'll see if they can repeat it. But the Colts offensive line had a lot of problems last year. Maybe they can rectify some of it. And Anthony Richardson, he's going to escape. He's going to do some running, right? But if he does that, I see a lot of uh, mistakes in his future as well. And so I just think this first game out of the gates for Anthony Richardson could, cur- could turn into a disaster. Um, I don't see him celebrating in the end zone a lot in this one like he did in the preseason against the Eagles. And so I, I think the Jags win this by more than a touchdown. Um, they, they may not be in that top tier of AFC, AFC teams, but I think they are a solid AFC team. So I like that one. And then the other one I'll throw out, although I like it less now. There was a minus three, minus 115, and maybe if I shop around, I can find that again, but it's the Cowboys going to the Giants. Yes, it's a divisional game. Like the NFC East is always tricky, but where I'm at coming into this season is I think the Giants regress. Um, I I just think they overperformed their talent and credit to Brian Dable for that. And he's a great coach and he's still there. So I think they're going to be okay but I like the Cowboys quite a bit this year. Um, I think Dak has a better year. I like their weapons bringing in Brandon cooks, Yanni, you, you brought that up first, you know, months ago or whatever, the importance of that. And I've, I've really gotten on board with what that does to the overall look of their offense. You know, Tony Pollard getting a heavier load. So, uh, this is another one where I, I like the Cowboys to win by a touchdown or even a little bit more. So, um, I'll see what I do with that one. I haven't made any bets yet, but that's the other one that sticks out to me. Oh, and one other comment real quick. JJ on the Raiders. Uh, Oops, throwing my pen. Um, That plus four and a half stuck out to me as well, man. Like the Broncos are going to go from completely sucking to being like a really, I mean, I think they will be better, but they're going to just come out of the gate being really good all of a sudden. And we shit on the Raiders a lot. And the Raiders have some serious holes on their team, but we talked about some of the talent that they still have there too. Josh Jacobs is back in the fold. They still have Adams, one of the better receivers in the league. Jimmy Garoppolo is an average quarterback probably, which might be good enough to get it to some of the weapons. So like, I think that's probably another close division game and four and a half is a lot. So I'm with you there. Um, Any thoughts on the stuff I threw out there, Yanni or JJ or, or anything else?
2: I mean, I would say, I think you guys are both right on the Raiders there. I think that, you know, that to me has the makings of a field goal game. So, you know, you're, you're over that number there. Um, I'm with you on the Jags too. And, you know, I, you lay some chalk going on the road in a divisional game, but I think to your point, these are two different classes of teams here. And you kind of talked about Anthony Richardson, we could see a little bit of what we saw with Justin Fields when he got started. I mean, yes, he made a couple cool plays and, you know, he scrambled and he'd get a 30 yard run and it's like, Whoa, this guy's amazing. But overall his team was getting its ass kicked. Right. So, you know, I think we're going to, we're going to see a little bit with that because how many points can the can the Colts put up in that game? I mean, I don't, you know, you look at their team Outside of Michael Pittman, I mean, do they have anything for Richardson to really work with on that team? And even Pittman is more of a kind of possession receiver kind of guy. So, you know, you start looking at that and saying, do they really have a whole lot there to put up points? And then at what point does that defense kind of get frustrated and say, eh? And not only that, I mean, we know the Jags offense can put up points anyways. I think that Colts secondary is a little bit of a question mark. Um, So, you start looking at Ridley, Kirk, and Evan Ingram, and Zay Jones, and those guys that they're putting out there. I think you're right. I mean, I think that that definitely has a double digit potential win for the Jags there.
0: Might be another one where you could think about uh, team totals, too. This is only DraftKings, so you definitely want to shop it around. But the Colts are 19 and a half, but it's plus 105. So maybe there is somewhere where you can get a juiced 20 and a half out there. I don't know. You, you'd have to look. but And then the Jags are 24 and a half is their team total. I I really don't mind um, the over and under uh, on those either. I agree with you. I think the Colts are just going to struggle offensively in this one. Yep. Alright. Any, uh, any final words before we call it a night?
2: just looking forward to it
0: yeah me too same this this was fun guys thanks for uh jumping on and uh and talking through all this stuff great time and uh look forward to talking again soon have a good night appreciate it take care